And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another special edition episode of The Assembly Call. As this week, we've got a special treat. It's an interview with Rob Finnessy, an opportunity that obviously came about because of the new NIL rules and that I certainly wanted to wanted to jump on as someone who has been uh, firmly in uh, in Rob's corner this offseason, as I am wont to do with senior guards. But hey, you give me uh, three years of hard work and dedication and doing all the right things off the court, and I will have your back as a senior. But I also think there's some legitimate reasons uh, to really think that Rob could blossom uh, you know, under a new coach and a new system on a new roster, being able to play a little bit of a different role. Uh, and so, you know, I get into that with him. We talk about that, talk about, you know, what it's like being coached uh, by Mike Woodson, you know, what things are like with with the new guys on the roster. And then we relive, you know, some of his best moments as a Hoosier. So many big shots, um, you know, so many big moments that have helped Indiana uh, win big games. But then also, you know, some of the lulls that, that he's had in production and, and all that. And so we talk about, you know, what's kind of caused that and maybe why things can be different this year among many topics. Uh, so a wide-ranging conversation. I really, really enjoyed the opportunity to talk to Rob. And if you like this conversation and if you like interviews with players, stay tuned because we're going to have some more. Uh, we'll be announcing something um, here pretty soon that I think you will all be quite interested in. Um, but the last thing that I want to say before I play the interview is if you're going to be in Bloomington this weekend, go to Switchyard and hang out with our friends from Crimson Cast because they are doing a live watch party for the Indiana Western Kentucky football game, which is obviously a huge game for Indiana uh, after dropping the two games early in the season to Iowa and Cincinnati. They really need to pick this one up. And so Galen will be there. They're doing a live podcast before the game. They're doing a live podcast after the game. And they're going to try and do something at halftime. So they're going to get started about 7.30. Game kicks off at 8 o'clock. But if you're in Bloomington, you know you don't have anything else to do. Uh, or even if you do have something else to do, blow it off and go hang out with Galen uh, and the fine folks at Switchyard. Um, I think it'll be a lot of fun. If I was going to be in Bloomington, I would certainly be there. And so we... Uh, we think that you guys should go too. But anyway, with all that said, let's get to the interview. Really enjoyed my time talking with Rob Finnessy. I think you'll get a lot of insight into what his career at Indiana has been like so far, what it was like playing with Romeo, what his relationships are like uh, with the guys who he came in with. And I think especially at the end, you know, kind of some advice that he would give to new players um, and some of the things that he's learned you know, during his three years, now that he's a, a vet, can you believe <laughs> Rob Finnessy is about to enter his senior season? Um, but some of the things that he's learned that that kind of surprised him or that he didn't expect uh, when he was a freshman. So a lot of good stuff here. I think you'll come away from this, um, you know, cheering for Rob more than, than you already do. Um, at least that's, uh, that's certainly my hope. So anyway, give it a listen. Here is my discussion with Rob Finnessy. Okay, well, we have a special treat this week, as today I am joined by one of the players that we have spent the most time talking about over the last three seasons. He hails from Lafayette, Indiana, where he had a standout career at McCutcheon High School, earning Area Player of the Year honors as a sophomore, a junior, and a senior, and making it all the way to the Class 4A state title game. And my old high school basketball coach at West Lafayette, Dave Wood, who coached against him all those seasons, told me that he's the best player to come out of the area 
in the 25 years that he's been coaching there. He then came to Indiana in 2018 alongside Romeo Langford as part of Archie Miller's highly ranked first recruiting class. And like Romeo, he started from day one. And over the years, he's earned the nickname Big Shot Rob because of his penchant for coming up big in big moments. And he's also developed a reputation as being one of the best on-ball defenders in the Big Ten. But injuries and inconsistency, coupled with the instability of a program that required a coaching change in the offseason, have left many IU fans and observers feeling like he hasn't really shown us everything that he can be yet. Could that change in a senior season with a new coach and a new system with a remade roster? Well, those of us who are claiming membership in the Rob Finnessy fan club, as I am, certainly think so. And I'm very excited to be joined by Rob here today on the Assembly Call. Rob, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Has it uh, has it sunk in yet that your senior season is approaching? Uh, not really, honestly. <laughs> I mean, you hear every time growing up how the older you get after time goes, but it's really true. So I mean, I'm just excited and um, just ready to get after. Yeah. What is what is this time like? Because we're recording this on September 22nd. Uh, you know, Hoosier hysteria is October 2nd, so practice hasn't officially started. Is this kind of like the calm before the storm for you? Because now you've kind of been around the block. You know what to expect. You know, kind of like the last few weeks before things get crazy. Yeah, I think uh, practice starts, I think, within the next 10 days. So uh, right now we're just having little workouts. And then, we you know, like once the practice starts, uh, it gets pretty hectic. We don't have that much time. Yeah. Now, do you have you thought about what you're doing after the season? I mean, I know that's a long way in the future, but obviously things are a little different now because you've got that extra COVID year. Have you thought about that at all? Or is that something you're just going to wait and think about once you get done with the season? Yeah, it's really um, depends on how this, this last year goes. I haven't really thought about it too much, but obviously I know I'll talk it over with my family and uh, the coaching staff to see what's best for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just, it's such a unique situation, you know, that no one else has really, has really had to deal with. Um, nice to have the option though. Uh, you know, but like you said, I mean, it's, it, it'll be interesting, obviously with a new, with a new staff, what have been kind of your first impressions of, you know, you kind of had three years under one staff with one kind of atmosphere and environment. What are kind of the early returns for you on, on how things are different with this new staff and the new roster? Um, I would just say the energy and the building and practices and, uh, really just a facility, um, just having new guys with X Miller, big Mike, even the freshman coming in and then. Um, coach Kenya's back. He's pretty much the only coach last year who's back. And then Coach Yacht, Coach Fife, and obviously Coach Woodson. But it's really just a new vibe in the building. Um, everything's new. I feel like pretty much everyone has to start from uh, from day one uh, just because it's a new staff. And um, really, everybody's really just building confidence with each other, um, vibing on and off the court. So it's really just new energy. I would say that's the biggest thing that's, that's different. Yeah. Did you, did you have a lot of awareness of Coach Woodson and Coach Fife's history at IU before they got there as coaches? Uh, yeah, I mean, a little bit. I wouldn't say a lot, but, I mean, obviously, as as they got here, you hear you see things online and you hear more and more about just the stories they tell you about the things they've done at IU. Yeah. All right, well, cool, man. So I want to I wanna have a little fun with this discussion. And, uh, you know, our listeners, uh, you know, who probably heard the interview that I did with Devontae Green back in the day, we kind of did something fun where we took some clips of Devontae's great moments and played those and kind of had him react to them. And so I want to do that with you. And so I pulled some clips. I'm going to play them. You know, I'll play it. You see if you can guess what the game is. Some of them will be obvious because the announcers will say it. Um, but, you know, let's play these, relive some of these moments, then use that as, as some different discussion points um, for your time at IU. 
does that work for you? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, so here here's the first one. Tell me if you remember what game this is from. Definitely not the game that that either them or their fans were probably expecting. Is Fantasy dials that one up from a different area code and knocks it down. 57 to 12 now. Active hands. Take away. Fantasy. Other end. Another dunk. Has there been anything tonight that he hasn't? Well, getting some assists to the teammates. Steal. Rebounds. Drives down the lane. Left hand. Scoop shot. Got it again. All right, so there's no real identifying information from that game other than the score, which he mentioned in the middle. And the score he mentioned was 57 to 12 for anybody who didn't catch that. <laughs> Do you remember what game that's from? Yeah, I thought it was, at first I thought it was going to be like a college highlight, but uh, yeah, that's from senior year. Is that when I scored 50? That is against against Harrison. Yeah. Against Harrison. And as a West Lafayette grad, I'm always up for celebrating anybody kicking the pants off of Harrison. So it was uh, it was fun watching that highlight. We'll get to the college highlights, don't worry. But I thought that was uh that was a really good one. What do you uh what do you think about when you reflect back on that game? Uh so so I remember I had to um I needed fifteen points to break the, the all time scoring record at the school. And I remember I hit End of the quarter, end of the first quarter, I hit a three to, to get 15 points. And then, I mean, after that, I was just on fire. So, I mean, I really, it really, the basket really felt like it was, I mean, it was super big. So, I don't think I missed that many shots that game. And then, I remember I got subbed out with like five minutes left in the fourth quarter. And we were up. I, I, don't know, I know I have more points than their team, though. That's what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> How many could you have scored if uh, Coach Peckinpah, well, oh, that wasn't Peckinpah, right? That was, uh, that was the other coach who replaced him. Yeah. Yeah, year, but um, I would say sixty, but <laughs> so the, I think the score record was like fifty six by uh, Coach Beckenfall's son. But I didn't end up getting it. But I mean, I feel like I could score sixty that game. Now, see, it was a conspiracy to keep a Peckinpah atop the list of the of the single game scoring. Um, you know, I, your your high school career was interesting because you obviously you made the state title game. I think as a sophomore, right when you guys went up against Romeo in the title game. And, you know, you, you obviously scored a lot throughout your career, but a little bit more of a facilitator those first couple of years, and then your scoring just took off as a senior. Yeah. What kind of talk me through that? You know, what was the mindset shift that you made, uh, you know, as a senior and why, why did that occur? Um, really, honestly, I feel like I adjusted to my teammates. Well, going into my senior year, we lost probably about, I mean, 60, 60 to 7% of our scoring. So. I knew my senior year I had to score a lot more um, and just do more because, I mean, growing up I had two or three guys who were always older than me that really pretty much helped me to be the player I am today. I had my older, I played with my older brother and then yeah. um, some of my older friends I always grew up playing with. So they pretty much helped me um, growing up just being able to lead. So my senior year I knew I had to step it up a little bit. You know, and obviously, as as everybody knows, and as I mentioned in the intro, you know, you're from Lafayette, right in Purdue's backyard, and you made the decision to come to Indiana. What ultimately led to that decision? I mean, I know what made my decision to go from Lafayette to Indiana, but I grew up in Bloomington. What was it for you that did it? Uh, my biggest thing was I really didn't want to stay home. Um, I'm pretty. I saw, I saw the campus growing up. My um, my older brother was there two years before I was, and then. My mom went there. My little brother goes there now. So I feel like I just need a, a new scene just to pretty much meet new people and um, just get a new fresh fresh start, really. Yeah. Did you, when you made that decision, did you worry at all about 
blowback like from the local fans or from Purdue fans? And how has the reality of that matched what you thought it might be? Uh, honestly, not really. I mean, obviously, I knew the people who really loved me and actually supported me. They would. They really didn't care what decision I made, so I wasn't really worried about that. And to be honest, I honestly haven't got as much blowback as I thought I would just from being at IU. So every time I go home, it's always all love and people there always support me. Yeah. Does it, does that game mean more to you because you're from Lafayette? Do you think? Like when Um, when Indiana plays Purdue? For sure. You definitely feel it. You feel the rivalry and everything. But I mean, growing up, even though my parents and everybody went to Purdue, I was never like a Purdue fan. So it obviously does mean them a lot more. It just I feel like it's kind of like a McCutcheon Harrison thing I had in high school. Just yeah. like, there's always a rivalry behind it, and that game's always bigger than every other game on the schedule. So what do we have to do this year to get your first victory over those guys? Because I know you're more sick of it than I am, and we're all sick of losing to those guys. What do we have to do this year to change that? Uh, obviously, they have the two big guys inside, Travion and um, Big Edie. But uh, I would say. Just play harder than they do. That's that's what they pretty much pride themselves on. And um, I feel like this year it's, it's going to be a lot different. I feel like people aren't going to know what to do with us because the way our offense is, we're a lot a lot more spread out. Guys are able to play their games, but I feel like the big thing is it's a mentality thing versus them. And, uh, really, just play harder than they do. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go on now to our next game, and this game is from your college career. Let's see if you can recognize which one this is. I know you and many others have their eyes on the two freshmen in Tennessee and Langford as he finishes strong. What a silky smooth game he had. Before the defense can get set. That allowed Durham to just easily have that three-point shot. Joey Hauser turns it over. Tennessee away from the package. Durham with the layup. Durham comes away with it on the push. Got Langford on the wing. Tennessee finds Fitzner for three. Yes! What a start for the Hoosiers. All right, do you know what that one was? Yeah, uh, Marquette game my freshman year. That was the Marquette game, which just an unbelievable game. The third game of your career, really, you know, the first game against a good team because you guys played a couple cupcakes ahead of that. You had 12 points, eight assists, four for four on two-point field goals, and obviously you guys just took that game over with the defense early on. And it's interesting. It was interesting going back through your moments and your career because I think you could make the argument that that moment, that game, was the peak of the Archie Miller era at Indiana. Um, because it really seemed like everything was possible on that night. Romeo was so good. You were so good. You know, you guys were shooting it. You're playing defense. Take us back to that night. What did it feel like to experience that in just your third game at Indiana? It was crazy. I just remember being super nervous because obviously I had to guard uh, Marcus Howard that night. So, I mean, going yeah. in, I didn't really know what to expect. But I just remember it being super electric in there. Um, I know we started off, I think we might have been up 20 at a point in the first half. So, uh, yeah, just the energy in there. I'll always remember that game. And uh, I, I remember playing really well. And um, like you said, I was a, we were rolling. We were rolling during that time, I remember. What was the feeling like in the locker room after that game? I mean, because, again, as fans, it felt like everything is possible. Man, this team, the sky's the limit. The You know, the Archie Miller era is rolling. Like, what was your guys' feeling after a game like that? Same, the same feeling. Um, I mean, the energy was great. Everybody played pretty well. And um, really, we were just pretty much on to the next. And, uh, like, at, the, at that moment, what 
it was what his second Archie's second year. So yeah. we really we were about to get, I mean, IU basketball back on track after that. So I think we were ranked probably two or three weeks after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's go on now to the next game and see if you can identify which one this is. Look at the three. Finishy. Finally buries one. And Replay we are that. Thanks for liking it. Look, we've got a chance to do. Finishy all the way to the hole. He misses. Tip no good. Jones comes away with it. Two seconds on the shot clock. We're going to have a foul here. We are going to have a foul called against Indiana and Deron Davis. That foul call still pisses me off. can make that call. <laughs> All right, so that one's pretty obvious, right? Which game is that? Yeah, Arkansas at Arkansas. Yeah, the very next game, if I recall correctly, right after the Marquette game, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure, or the, the game after one of the two. Yeah. So the first play, it was 72-69. You bury the three with 46 seconds to go, and that kind of came on the heels of Romeo hitting a couple of big shots. And then with a tied 72-72, you drove in. Had a great look. It just kind of fell off the front of the rim, and Duran was so close to tipping it in, and they called that bogus foul on him. You know, and that game was so interesting because, you know, Juwan had gotten into early foul trouble. Romeo really had to carry a huge scoring load, you know, on the road in just his fourth game. And he had to do that a lot his freshman year, you know, and I think he came in with such high expectations, it was probably impossible for him to meet them. And I think sometimes the things that he actually did do can be a little bit underrated because of those expectations. What was it like playing with him his freshman season? It was crazy. I mean, just seeing how good he was in preseason, how like him coming in, you really you can't tell he's a freshman because he was scoring and doing pretty much everything he did in high school. But I mean, it was really great. Even being his friend, I mean, I just talked to him like a week ago, so I'm, we're still super close and everything, but. Just him, even off the court, seeing how people react to him, just when we're going to going to class or just doing doing other things off the court. But uh, I mean, it's really fun playing with him. How's he doing? You said you talked to him. I mean, obviously his pro career hasn't gone exactly how he's wanted to, just because of injuries and circumstance. See, is, is he pretty upbeat about you know what what the future holds for him? Yeah, he he really likes it and everything. And um, I mean, he said everybody everybody like in the locker room is cool and. Uh, he, he likes the team and everything, so um, he said he's really excited for this next season. I know he uh, that playoff experience really helped him, and um, it's going to lead him to the next season. Yeah. What was it? You know, what was it like for that team? I think a lot of things have been kind of said and written. You know, and I'm, you know, I think I have one more moment from that season. Yeah, I got one more moment from that season. You know, and like we said, everything kind of seemed possible in the Marquette game, and that season kind of went off the rails a little bit as it kind of went into it. Like what? What do you think went wrong that year? I mean, besides the injuries, because you guys faced a lot of injuries, and maybe that's the biggest thing. Um, but, you know, as you kind of look back on that season, why did it peak against Marquette, and why weren't you guys able to keep kind of keep those good times rolling, do you think? Um, like you said, I feel like the injuries have played a part, too. Um, but I feel like once we went on that, what was it, 12 out of 13 games, that losing mm-hmm. streak, it's crazy. But I don't know. The, just the energy in the building was down. Everybody, I feel like, was just looking, looking for an answer. And I like each game, it was everybody was like, we just need one game to turn it around. And I feel like that just compiled up and just kept building up. And then to be some somehow surprisingly got Michigan State. Uh, I think like it's eleven games in. It's crazy. 
Man, it is the oddest stretch of Indiana basketball ever to lose 12 out of 13, and the one win is at top five Michigan State. I mean, it just, and it was almost more frustrating that that's the win because it's like, this is what these guys can do. You know, like we all saw it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I mean, why, why do you think it was so hard to find those answers? Like, as you look back on it, you know, and is that something where, it was an internal leadership thing. Is that something where it's like, you know, man, I wish the coaching staff had had better answers for us. Like, you know, why do you think you get into a rut like that and, and you just can't find a way to pull yourselves out of it? Um, I mean, just being, like I said, being my senior, I feel like it kind of was a internal thing with the leadership. I feel like the players, we honestly, we probably should have stepped up a little bit more and um, probably not look towards the coaches. Cause I feel like the best teams are player led. So, yeah. I feel like a little bit of leadership thing. Is that odd? Let me rephrase it. What's it like as a freshman? You know, where, you know, obviously you guys are coming in with so much notoriety. You know, you're playing from day one and you've got some veterans on the team. What's it like kind of navigating that? I mean, is that something where you can step up if you want to, or there's kind of a hierarchy? And, and would you would you have done anything differently in hindsight in that season? Uh, I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean... Even though, I mean, I can't go back and change the past. I feel like it helps me shape me into the person I am right now. But uh, I would say going as a freshman, you don't, you kind of don't want to really step on anybody's toes, anything, because you don't really know the guys that well. So you're like five or six months in meeting them with everything. But I feel like, yeah, being, even starting being the point guard, I should honestly stepped up. And uh, I feel like brought guys more together and blocked in a little bit more. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go back to another moment from that season, and I think you're going to know what the next moment is. Pretty obvious. Takes it left, gives it up to Devonte Green, down to five. Devonte looking for Romeo. Right, finally throws it to Rob Finnessy for a long bomb. Yeah, it was good. I think everybody knows which one that is. The game winner yeah. against Butler. Take me back to that play in that moment. What do you remember about it? Obviously, uh, the play wasn't designed for me. It was <laughs> supposed to be for Romeo. We ran that play like three or four times before. But, uh, I mean, I saw Romeo was being denied. I came up and uh, Devontae, like, ball faked like twice to Romeo. And then I got it. I just double clutched and shot it. I mean, I felt it. It was good as soon as it left my hand. But. It really did go in slow mo, like you see on movies a little bit. I felt like the ball was in there for like five seconds. So, and do you even remember the aftermath, like the celebration, or is that one of those things that like the ball goes in and it's just a total blur? Yeah, that was adrenaline rush. I just jumped up as high as I could and <laughs> flexed. But yeah, I do remember. I remember that everybody was trying to tackle me to the floor, but I didn't want to get to the floor because I'm uh, claustrophobic. So. <laughs> yeah, I know it's always so dangerous. I'm always worried, you know, during those celebrations. It's like, have fun, but let's not get hurt. You know, let's <laughs> let's let's be careful. So, you know, that is what eight, nine, ten games into your freshman season, you know, and now you've made this huge shot against Arkansas down the stretch. You've made this huge shot against Butler, and I mean, your reputation is being cemented as you know, kind of a you know, a big shot maker, and. There are other moments that we're going to get to here later where you, you know, consistently hit big shots and big moments. Why do you think you've been able to rise to the occasion like that in some of those really big moments and make those shots? Um, really, I would say just the work I really put in. 
I mean, I put in a lot of work and just being able to know I can step up and make a shot when I need to. And uh, really, I would just say it's the work. I feel like even in high school, I made a lot of like buzzer beater shots to end the quarter. So I feel like I've been doing it for a little bit of time. You know, one thing I've always wondered, you know, because, I mean, look, when when you get the ball in a clutch situation, all Indiana fans think it's going in. Like you've just, you've earned that confidence. But obviously you've struggled as a shooter at other times. You know, and I've always wondered, is there is there a difference for you kind of mentally or in the moment when it's, you know, kind of a clutch shot or a big moment as opposed to other shots through the games? You know, because you, you seem to have such a higher percentage in kind of those those clutch big moments. Is it you know, the kind of thing where you're just not thinking about it and you're more instinctive because it's down the stretch? Or, like, to what to what do you attribute that? I would say a little bit. It is a little bit instinctive where it's like, I know I have to shoot it, so it's like I know it's going up. But, uh, I mean, I would say yeah, a little bit. It was maybe more instinctive because it's like a shot I know I have to shoot, and I, like, I feel like I'm going to make it every time I shoot it. Yeah. So you, you know... I mean, look, this is a program that was spoiled with the point guard play of Yogi Ferrell, uh, you know, when he was at Indiana. And then for a couple of years, you know, there was very little point guard play to speak of. And, and that's one of the reasons everybody was so excited, you know, about, you know, that start to your freshman season. I mean, you were so productive. You were so efficient. You know, and you guys won these big games. You're making big shots. And then you had the injury. You had the concussion. And it, it kind of felt like you never quite got back in the same rhythm that you were at early on is that just kind of a narrative that the talking heads latched onto, or do you do you feel that that really kind of affected the way that the rest of your freshman season went um i felt like towards the end of my freshman year the last three or four games i actually i feel like i was back to where i was at the beginning but yeah uh, i play a little bit just that concussion not really it's my first concussion so i didn't really like know what to expect or whatnot so the big thing was honestly was like in my confidence back on the court because you're thinking too much. Like you don't want to get hit in your head. You don't want to do certain things. So you don't want to affect the game. But I would say, yeah, towards the end of my freshman year, I feel like I got it back. Yeah. Well, I mean, I still, I remember that Illinois game that you just went off on the road at Illinois had like 17, 18 points and you guys dominated them. Um, So it, it did, It, it did kind of seem like you, you know, you kind of got back into that rhythm. Um, you know, that confidence has been a topic this offseason. You know, Dane Fife has come in, and he's a guy that, you know, I think is is has been pretty out there with some of the issues that he faced with confidence as a player and some of the anxiety issues. And, you know, like I've noticed on your Twitter, you know, you've been sending out a lot of tweets from, the, you know, uh, from Dave Anderson books. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, what it's been like, you know, kind of trying to build and maintain confidence, you know, on a stage like Indiana, because you're a guy who did so many things in high school. You've had so many big moments in college, but it does feel like the confidence has been up and down a little bit. Do you, do you think that's an accurate reflection um, of, of reality and kind of what are some of the things that you're trying to do to, you know, I guess make that more consistent as you go into your senior year? Oh yeah. I would say it has been a little bit, but um, I would say within, like you said, offensively, I, I haven't really, been consistent with my numbers or anything but I feel like I just sometimes I went out there and thought too much on like certain shots if I were shot I would be worried about the sideline or um just different things I feel like I thought too much I feel like I was a was a coach looker where I look over to the coach too much and not um play my game that much but uh that's a big thing this year with coach Fife and coach Woodson I feel like it's a reset 
Um, they pretty much just want me to go out there and play as hard as I can. And just not don't worry about anything on offense and really try to have my um, defense propel me for offense. So uh, that's the big thing with Coach Fife right now. He says he wants me to be the best defender in the country. So um, that's his big focus in practice right now. Do you feel a noticeable difference offensively with kind of this staff and the way that they coach and the system as opposed to what you were playing in before? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's more of like a, like I said, like a pro-style offense. It's a lot of ball screens, four on one end. So um, he wants the guards to create. And then, I mean, the bigs pretty much, they get the offense rolling and everything. But it's more of a four on one end. Um, the court's a lot more spread to uh, create plays for everybody. Yeah. Do you, you know, the recruiting process is always an interesting one. You know, because you're trying to find out what the best fit is and coaches are trying to find out, you know, players who are going to fit, you know, what they do and they're trying to sell their school and their program. Is the way that you were coached and the system that, that you ended up running in Indiana, is it for, for, you know, for the first three years of your career, is it different than what you thought it was going to be? You know, and, and in hindsight, is there... You know, and I want to ask it delicately. I'm not, I'm not asking you to, you know, to say anything negative about anybody, but I'm, I'm just curious if it, if the reality ended up being different from what you expected. Oh uh, yeah, I would say a little bit. Um, I feel like we were, like last year, we were, we had what it's called three game, where it was a guy coming up with a ball screen, and then we had another big down low. And I feel like having that big down low kind of stuffed up the paint a little bit, mm-hmm. and I didn't let the guards really create, but um. Yeah, it's a lot different than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Did you, I mean, did you feel at times pressure like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I should be taking this shot, you know, like not not necessarily a freedom, you know, like we saw you in that 50-point game against McCutcheon where you're just, you're just making moves, you're instinctive. And it always, it's always seemed to me watching you play, and I've got some clips of, you know, of this coming up, you know, one specifically, you know, from, uh, from the Iowa game last year where, you know, pull up, step back three, and you're driving in the lane, and it's like, that guy can be an offensive force. And then it always, it'll feel like other games, you know, maybe you're a little hesitant to do that. Mm-hmm. Was that something where there was pressure to not take certain shots or to do things a certain way, you know, and, 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 and you didn't necessarily feel the freedom to just play your game. Yeah. I feel like that. Then again, I feel like it, I can't just contribute it. I feel like a little, a little bit was a confidence thing too, where if I did miss my first two or three shots that I wouldn't try to take those shots or, be more aggressive into the paint. So that's a, that's a little, little bit of both. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go back to another moment. Um, this one will probably be pretty obvious. Turns, Winston, drives, fades in the corner, short, loose, and that's it, Indiana! What a comeback win! Do you know what moment that was? Michigan State sophomore year. Um, mm-hmm. Last that's right. When I mean, you were guarding, you were guarding Cassius Winston. I was in. I was in attendance for that one. I came up for that game. Just an awesome, awesome game. Take me through that moment and what it was like guarding Cassius Winston, who is, I mean, one of the. He's one of the best players I've seen play in the Big Ten. He's a terrific player, and you did such a good job guarding him. What was that assignment like? Uh, it was tough. I mean, I feel like I did a good job of limiting him, but I mean, he's still. Somehow finished with like twenty, I feel like. But uh I just remember I think that two plays before, two possessions before, actually I feel like I played better defense on that one. I made him turn the ball over. Yeah. It was close, it was close to the game. But obviously we knew he was he 
was getting the ball that last play. I think they ran a a slide screen with a big slipped out, and he just went. But um, I mean, I pressured him. I contested the shot. Contested step back, step back in the quarter. I'm pretty sure. But uh, I mean, I thought it was good at first when he first shot it. But I mean, we played good defense the whole game, so we, I think we beat them. What was that three times in a row? The third yeah, time? yeah. What I mean, okay. So talk to me about that because. That, that again, that's one of the strange anomalies of the Archie Miller era is, you know, you get, you know, there were so many struggles, but yet you always seem to play so well against Michigan State. Like, why was that? Was that just a matchup thing? Did you get up more for that game? Like, what, what caused that, do you think? Uh, I remember, I remember the first time we were on that losing streak, he gave the, probably one of the best pregame speeches I've ever heard. Uh, really? I've had Michigan State, the President Center, but. Yeah, but yeah, it's pretty much I feel like kind of like a, a rivalry thing with that. So um, I remember even before we came in there, when like they said Freddie Mc, McSwain had like thirteen offensive rebounds. So it's yeah. kind of like a pride thing they said with them. So uh, we always play play too hard against them. So the okay, the great pregame speech was that the 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 overtime win to in the midst of the big yeah. losing streak. Yeah. Can you give us any snippets of that, or what the what the vibe of that speech was? Like, was it was it a great story, or was it just like intensity and throwing chairs? Like, what what kind of speech it was, was it? Intense, super intense. I mean, you probably have to ask Devonte about that one, but it was <laughs> it, it was super intense. It was crazy. What um, talk to me a little bit about Archie Miller as a coach, you know, because I think it's easy, you know, when things don't work out and you know, a coach gets fired and you're excited about, you know, the new regime to focus on some of the things that maybe didn't go well. And obviously stuff didn't go well, or he would still be the coach. Give me the 360 degree view of what it was like to be coached by Archie. You know, the good, you know, I think you've hinted at a few of the things that maybe frustrated you, but what was that experience like overall? Uh, honestly, it, was, it wasn't a bad experience. Obviously it would have been a lot better if we would have won, but I would say the big thing with him is, uh, he really trusts me. So, um, I mean, regardless of how I was playing, he always said, I always play defense. If you play defense and um, don't turn the ball over, you pretty much play. So I would say the trust thing. And then, honestly, off the court, he talked to him. He's a, he's a really cool guy, even though with the media and everything. I mean, a lot of people don't like the media, but he's, he's actually a really good guy and everything, too. So, but yeah, I mean, it was, I had a great time playing for him. Um, I mean, he he's a coach you hard. He definitely is going to coach you hard. He's not going to let you. Um, get a galley in practice, get away with things that uh, I feel like some other coaches would, but he's definitely a good coach. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, you guys always seem to be, you know, a good fit, you know, with your defensive mentality. And he obviously had a defensive mentality, um, you know, and obviously that play that we just, uh, that clip that we just played was a great defensive moment. Talk to me about that defensive mentality and kind of the pride that you take in your defense. Is that, to you, is that more important than what you do offensively? Do you look at it that way? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, coming in, that was that's pretty much what he recruited me and told me. But, um, yeah, my defensive mentality, I feel like I need to do a better job with it. Um, just to, like I said, even being more consistent with it, the way we're playing this year, I can pick up uh, more full court and force guys to um, speed up their offense and everything. So even with Coach Five, even with Coach Miller, but – um. I feel like my defense ability, I haven't really showcased it how how I should, even though I have, have good moments and everything. But I feel like this year, you'll see it a lot more than you did in the past three years. Yeah. Do you, you know, a lot was made, obviously, of playing in the pack line. You know, do you, how, how, how much different is what you guys are doing defensively now 
from what you were doing before. You mentioned picking up a little bit more full court. That's obviously not something that you did a lot of because the pack line really puts a premium on getting back and getting in position. What are some of the other differences that you think fans will see this year defensively from you guys? Uh, definitely the ball pressure. Um, I mean, we're p- picking up full court, and then uh, he's actually he's allowing us to play the pass lanes a little bit more. So I would say the defensive ball pressure is going to be at an all-time high. Just the energy yeah. on defense, talking and everything. So everybody's in uh, a tandem. So we'll have great defense this year. As you look back on the guys that you've guarded, you know, we mentioned Marcus Howard, you know, the third game of your freshman year, one of the best scorers in recent college basketball history. Cassius Winston, you know, one of the best point guards who you can play great defense on. He still gets 20 points and 10 assists because he's just that good. Who outside, other than those guys, who were the toughest guys that you've had to guard? Um, tough as I would say is Anthony Cowan, Maryland, uh, Harson oh. Edward. Um, honestly, I think some of the toughest guys to guard are the mid-major guys who, like, they have freedom to do whatever offense. So they know <laughs> yeah. it's, it's pretty much one-four flat, uh, or they have, like, a high ball screen. But the toughest person I've guarded is uh, Devontae Green. Really? Devontae Green? I always say that he's the toughest person I have to guard. So. Is that just because he's a total wild card and he'll shoot from anywhere? And, like, why, why is it Devontae? He has game. I mean, he has everything. Step backs. He has a handle. I mean, he's super quick. He's athletic. So he's he's super talented. People don't realize how good he really is. Yeah. D- did you ever see Devonte struggle with confidence or struggle with uh, whether to whether to take a shot or not? Um. I mean, not really. I mean, obviously, everyone. Has, I feel like everyone has their moments, but uh, no, not really. Not really. Yeah. That's, that's funny that you that you picked him. Did you guys like? W- what's it like in practice? Like, do you guys like? When practice is over, or they're like mano a mano, one on one battles, you know, shooting contests, that kind of thing. Like, do you guys get competitive as far as that kind of stuff goes? Oh uh, yeah, we have those. Um, we usually have things pre practice too, like shooting 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 competitions. Uh, but honestly, this year I feel like we're actually we're doing a lot more competition where it's where there's three on three, two on two, or whatever. But yeah, the competition level is always at all-time high. You know, Devontae, is, he's been such a polarizing player, um, you know, in, in in Indiana history. I mean, obviously a guy who could go off for 28 points and then a guy who could really struggle just to kind of get into the game. And a lot was made kind of of his relationship with Archie. And, you know, having gotten to know him, and we did two really long interviews together, you know, I've kind of come to the conclusion, I think he's one of the more kind of misunderstood players that's played at Indiana in a while. Like, Give your kind of behind-the-scenes look at at Devonte and and maybe kind of some of the fan reaction that he got, and whether you whether you thought that was an accurate portrayal of the guy that you saw in the locker room. Yeah, no, nah, I mean the fans either loved him or hated him. That's how it seemed. But uh, no, nah, he's a super cool dude. He's one of like the most chill and relaxed guys I've ever met. But um, him, he's super friendly. He's open. He's uh, I mean, you can talk to him about anything. Um, just a super cool guy. He's actually he might be coming to Bloomington soon, but um, but yeah, I feel like everybody, the fans, what they thought of him was definitely not the type of person he is. I mean, he's super down to earth. I mean, he's if you if you met like East Coast guys, um, pretty much how relaxed and chill they are. That's that's pretty much what Devonte is. Yeah, you know it's so it's so funny how these narratives start. You know when when things aren't going well, and obviously it's like it's like your freshman year when you guys are losing twelve out of thirteen. 
I mean, there's just ridiculous stories coming out. It's like, what are people even talking about? And it's it, last week on social media again. Like, it's crazy what, how people mess too. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, and I think it's one of those things, you know, when the team's not doing well, you kind of you try to figure out the narrative, right? And one of the narratives has always been like, okay, is the chemistry good? You know, do these guys like each other? That kind of thing. Like, can you talk a little bit to like what the chemistry has been like, you know, on the, on the teams that you've been on? And do you notice at all a difference with, you know, with this group of players that you guys have now? Um, I would say, honestly, each year, I feel like it's progressed. Like the team chemistry on and off the court, it's gotten better each year. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, even, even though we're losing, I would even say the team chemistry has been bad. Like everybody's super cool off the court. There's no problems. No, like all the rumors you said, none of those are true. People just really, they need something to make a story to seem like a reason why we're losing. But um, uh, yeah, team chemistry, actually, I feel like it's a little higher this year than it's been in the past. But uh, I feel like just with the new coaching staff and when things I feel like are more possible on the court, that just helps the overall environment with everything. So let me play devil's advocate for a second then, because you it could be fair to say at times team chemistry could also be too good if everybody's friends and buddy, buddy, but no one holds each other accountable. Like, do you think, and I think you kind of hinted at this, I think, you know, for that, that first season, you know, where it's almost like, Hey, you know, maybe we needed some more internal leadership to step up. Do you think as you've progressed that you've had that, like, have there been guys inside the locker room who can have frank conversations if someone's not getting the job done and be able to have, you know, tough conversations, but still be cool. Like, do you, or do you think it's almost been, a little bit too close. Uh, no, I wouldn't say it's too close. Um, like I said before, I feel like the best teams are player led. So, I mean, even if you're off the court, obviously the leaders have to step up and tell you if you're uh, like if you're messing around in practice or just in a workout. So, um, I feel like everyone knows what they have to do, and um, coach is demanding the most out of you. So, you know what we have to do. Yeah. Hey, one one topic I wanted to talk with you about, and I forgot to get to it. When we talked about the uh, the Butler game is there was an awesome story that came out after that about Nicholas Aguilera, who wrote you this awesome letter, <laughs> you know, talked about how great your shot was and how he had made a buzzer beater. And then, of course, the at the end, it said, P.S., I'm glad you didn't go to Purdue, which everybody just loved. And if I recall correctly, like, you actually got to meet him and, you know, kind of converse back and forth. What was What was that like, and what did that kind of show you early on about you know what it was going to be like being a player at indiana and and the responsibility that is oh yeah it was pretty crazy i mean it was pretty cool just getting that recognition from him like i still kept conversation i actually have his number so all last season i was still texting him and everything i mean i gave yeah. him a pair of shoes and some gear and everything but that was pretty cool just to see um i mean how much love you really get from the iu fans like who's your nation is really crazy even good or bad they're going to love you so um i mean it's still strong to this day, and I, you can feel the hype going into the season right now. Again, Nicholas, he's he's pretty cool. He'll I'll invite him to a game this year. Nice. That's it's really neat seeing stuff like that develop. You know, and he's kind of at that age because he was what ten? Is that was he ten? I think he was eleven at the time. Eleven. Yeah, because I mean, you know, when I was I was born in eighty one. When I was eleven and twelve is you know ninety one, ninety two, ninety three which to this day are my favorite Indiana teams, you know, and Calvert Chaney to me is just like, you know, the God among gods, you know, cause I was his age, you know, you know, Nicholas's age kind of watching Calvert Chaney, just like he is watching you. Um, how often do you step back and kind of think about that? 
and kind of what that responsibility is, is like. Is that something that you that you think about and that you take seriously? Oh, yeah. I feel like when I go home, I actually, like, get back and uh, sit back and, like, reflect on everything. Because, I mean, once you're here, you're working so hard and you're within, like, the, the schedule of school and everything. But uh, I feel like going back home, you actually get to reset a little bit. You get to see what you pretty much worked for your, your whole life and everything. So um, I feel like going back home just really makes me um, just not take anything for granted and uh, really just see, like, the platform I have to everybody. Yeah. And, uh, really where I can reach out and help people. You know, and it's so innocent when, you know, the fans are 10, 11, 12. And then, of course, you get these blowhard 40-year-olds with their podcasts that come on and try to analyze the game. And that's, that's, that's a little bit different. How do, you, how do you try to balance, like, the good and the bad of the fans? Because you're right. Like, Hoosier Nation, there's so much passion. And, man, when things are going good, it's awesome. But there's, you know, the passion can be a double-edged sword. Um, how do you try and manage that and focus on the good and try and keep, Kind of For some sure. of the more negative stuff out. Um, like I said, like you said, I've seen both the good and the bad, so I know how it feels for both, on both sides. But I say the big thing is uh, just keep keep your mind on what's important. Um, really, it's pretty much. I feel like you have to keep a schedule. You have to do things, be consistent with what you do. Um, whether it's going to the gym, just doing doing things to keep your mind occupied and uh, not focused on what people have to say about you. Really, because at the end of the day, the people that really care about you will. Um, tell you the truth if you're messing up or if you're doing good so just focus on really the things you love um focus on the people you love and uh, at the end of the day i feel like your mind will be good how do you what's kind of your social media strategy such that you have one like is it do you change how you use social media during the season as opposed to the off season yeah for sure i feel like i get off of it um i said uh, i'm actually on it a lot less than i have been i actually have a like something set on my phone where it limits me a certain amount of hours a day, but oh, nice, yeah, yeah. In, in season, I'll probably, I want to say I'll, I'll be off it completely, but I mean, I try to be on as, as um, least as possible. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned, you know, you've been, you know, sending out those tweets with, uh, with quotes from Dave Anderson, um, and his book. Can you talk to me a little bit about his book and kind of why his work speaks to you and why, why you like sharing that information? Um, really. It's a, like an NIL opportunity I had. He um, he reached out to me about it, but um, really, it's it really it, it has helped me. I feel like I try to. I have I finished the book already, and um, one of my teammates will be he'll be the next person to tweet. But I'm not going to say who it is. But <laughs> uh, really, it's helped me with pretty much my routine with everything, um, like the mental toughness, like you mentioned at the beginning with Coach Fife and everything. But it's something you can you can read every day that will help you with everything you do. Just um, the way you approach things, um, just the, your morning routine when you get up and have your mind focused on certain things that um, that, which, that you want to focus on the day. And um, really, things that will help you accomplish your goals so you don't lose focus on what's the goal. Yeah. And how, what's it been like kind of developing your relationship with Coach Fife? You know, talked earlier about how he's, you know, kind of dealt with some of those confidence issues. Like, do you... Do you feel like having him as a resource is going to be, you know, something that'll that'll kind of help you as you go through the season? Yeah, that's his his big thing with me right now is just honestly developing a relationship off the court where if I need anything or just want to talk to him, I can just go in and talk to him. But uh, yeah, it's it's been pretty well. He he told me he's like he said you have a similar story. He came in with a lot of hype, but he's like he was a McDonald's All American when yeah. he came in. So he said like uh. Pretty much, the beginning of her careers were kind of the same. Then he finished 
his senior year and he feels like I can do the same. I think he, I think they won national championship that year. He won defensive player of the year and everything. So he feels like if, uh, if I have a great season, the team will have a great season and uh, we'll be successful this year. Yeah. Yeah. They lost to Maryland in the title game. It was, they made that incredible run, beat Duke in the sweet 16 and then uh, yeah, made it all the way to the title game. I didn't realize how crazy he was as a player though. Like how dirty he was. <laughs> Okay, so how have you learned that? Is that other people saying it, or does he just nah, does he like he, sharing how dirty he was? <laughs> the stories he told me, and then he, like last week he sent me an article about how he he bit a player during the game. <laughs> he's he's very proud of that, huh? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> are you uh, are you going to be adopting any of? Have you learned any little tricks from Dane that you're going to add to your defensive repertoire this year? Yeah, I've, I've learned a little bit. Not not those dirty things, but I mean. He tells me uh, if you want to, I mean, frustrate your opponent, just ask me about the things he used to do, but <laughs> I don't play like that. Uh, yeah, just, you know, you can always retort back. Just don't foul three-point shooters at the very end of games. That's uh, <laughs> that's not something that you want to do. Um, you know, as you look forward to this, you know, to, to your final season, or who knows if it'll be your final season because you're going to have the option for another one, but your senior season anyway. Like, what are some of the goals that you have individually? I mean, I know that there are team goals, but, you know, what are some of the things that you really want to accomplish individually that maybe you haven't had a chance to do yet? Um, I say Big Ten player, Big Ten defensive player of the year for sure. And then uh, I want to be on one of the all-conference teams, one of the top three, and then obviously make the, make the NCAA tournament and then see where we go from there. I feel like if we can make the NCAA tournament, then um, win the Big Ten to – if you win the Big Ten, I mean, so many opportunities you can. I feel like you can win the whole thing. So, yeah, personal goals would be a Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, and then being on the All Conference teams. Do you get a sense for what what your role is going to be? You know, obviously, you know the roster is a little bit different. You know, Xavier Johnson was was brought in, and he's a guy who's obviously you know accomplished a lot in the ACC as a point guard. And you've got Christian Lander, who's kind of a young guy. So, you know, that's three of you guys that really you know, are kind of point guards in name, um, you know, do you, have you gotten a sense yet from the coaches where you'll be? Are you going to play more off ball? What do you think that'll look like, especially on the offensive? And I think defensively, we kind of have a pretty good idea of what you're going to be doing. But what do you uh, think yeah. offensively? Um, I feel like I'll be on the ball still, and then I'll be off off the ball a lot too. But uh, like I said, the way our offense is, it's, we don't really have a particular ball handler or like a point guard. There's multiple ball handlers with everything, so. I feel like there'll be a lot of guys playing different positions out there. You know, which is good because I mean, I think as we've seen in college basketball, you've got to have multiple guys who can who can handle the ball to uh, to win. And it you know it hasn't always felt like it's been like that the last few seasons. You know, where you really had you know ball handles like that that you could count on. Um, you know, talk to me about some of the some of the other guys. You know, like Tamar Bates and Miller Cop and some of these you know other new guys that are coming in. What is maybe different about them that that you think will really help you guys, you know, be able to achieve some of these goals that you just mentioned? Uh, with Scoop, uh, Tamar, I would say his biggest thing is confidence. He's super, he's super confident. He's uh, he's outspoken. Like his first open gym, he was in there talking, talking, uh, talking trash. So, I mean, from the job, he knew he he came with confidence, and uh, he can really he can play too. So um, he's a really good scorer. Plays super hard, and then Miller. Obviously, Miller, he's a shooter. We played him at Northwestern. And um, just his leadership and his intensity with everything he does, whether it's in the weight room or on the court, 
Um, he works super hard. <clears throat> then X, he's super dynamic with the ball. Uh, he can really score, and then he's he's super quick. And um, like I said, his leadership too off the court. He's a super goofy and funny guy, so that helps bring the brings the team together. And then uh, Big Mike, like he's a big body down there, and then he's a he's a veteran too, so he knows what it takes to win. And um, he's really like he's a super cool dude off the court too. So everybody vibes with each other. Is there anybody that you think is really going to surprise people that's just like really improved a ton in the offseason? You're like, whoa, that guy's going to, he's really going to produce a ton this year. Uh, I say Jordan Geronimo. Yeah. Yeah. JG. What, um, what have you seen from him? Like what, what's really developed from him in the offseason? Um, I would say it's confidence. Um, whether it's, uh, taking guys off the wing, um, knocking down threes and everything. He, he really has been doing it all in practice. He actually, Trace probably won't say it, but he actually just ducked on Trace in practice the other day. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. crazy. But yeah, JG's, he's been working his tail off, and uh, really he's, he's, been, he's gotten a lot better since last year. Yeah. What was it like being able to take that trip to the Bahamas? And how important was that, do you think, with you know the new coach, the new players, like all that? Uh, it, was, it was super fun. We actually got to do a, do a lot of things off the court. Um, so it was really a bonding experience, and um, I know we went two and zero against two pro teams. So I feel like that really boosted our confidence and um, just let everybody know on the team that like we have a chance to be really good this year. But yeah, no, it was a really fun experience. Um, we got to do a lot of things, so it was a great experience out there. You know, you mentioned Trace. What's it been like to watch his development up close? Because he's a guy who you know, like Romeo, came in with massive expectations, not to the same level of Romeo. Um, but also has kind of had the weight of the team on his shoulders because he's been the go-to guy almost from day one. How have you seen him kind of grow and develop since he first stepped on campus? Uh, a lot. I mean, even off the court. Um, but this year, is, he's been different. Like men, his mentality and everything, he's been working super hard. Uh, but I would just really say this year, his work ethic is really off the charts. It's never, it's not have been like that the past two years, but this... Uh, just him going in the gym late at night, pretty much every day. Um, just him being coachable with Coach Woodson and just allowing him to, knowing that he'll develop them and help him be a, a player at the next level. But yeah, Trace is he's going to be a problem this year. Yeah, I I think so. And it, you know, it's great that he came back. You know, and, and this off season was filled with so much turmoil. You know, when you have a coaching change. And then, of course, you've got the transfer rules, the change, you know, so you can go anywhere. What was that decision like for you? You know, because a lot of guys, when, when the coach that recruited them, you know, leaves, it's, it's an opportunity for them to get a fresh start, go somewhere else. Did you, did you think about going somewhere else? Um, and, and, and what was that like with, you know, with the teammates? So many guys, like, going in the transfer portal, coming back. Like, is that something that you guys talked about together? Or was everybody kind of making their own individual decisions? Uh, guys talked about it, but I mean, at the end of the day, I know I wanted to be at IU. I mean, it's a place that recruited me from the jump and I mean, I love IU, so I didn't, honestly didn't think I was going to leave, but, uh, I mean, some guys thought about it, but I mean, I didn't really think I was going to leave because I knew we were going to get a, a great coach regardless of who we got. Yeah. What do you, what are the things that you love most about Indiana basketball and and non basketball. Like if you had to make a list and someone was asking you, like what what's at the top of your list of things you love about IU? Um, I would just say the atmosphere and just like the vibe on campus when you're just going on Kirkwood or you're in the the square, or whatever. But it's really a friendly environment. I feel like whether I'm 
pretty much anywhere in Indiana you get, I mean, you pretty much get love wherever you are. So I would say that this is a friendly environment, um, just to love everyone shows. Yeah. Do you have, what are your favorite spots? Like what are your favorite restaurants? What are your favorite hangout spots in Bloomington? Uh, obviously Buffalo Louis, um, <laughs> pizza X, um, I would say Malibu, Malibu grill down in the, in the square. And then, I mean, every once in a while we go to uh, Zagreb. So love that place. That is a, that is a must stop every time I'm in Bloomington yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. So, you know, the other big change is the name image likeness stuff. Um, you know, which you're, you're, you know, guys that are here now are kind of the pioneers for this because this is the first time we've had a chance to do this. You know, obviously you had your shirt come out. You talked about, you know, with Dave Anderson, this interview came about because, you know, we have the opportunity to reach out to you guys now and, you know, and pay you for, for your time. I mean, you doing this interview gives value to us. And so it makes sense that we're able to, to pay you for it. What has that been like? And like, where do you think that that this, the NIL thing is, is going to go? It's so early right now, but what have you learned about it? And, and, and where do you think this will go for the guys who are coming up behind you? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, we're still we're still learning things every like every day with everything we're doing. But uh, I know it's crazy. It's It's been a long time coming. I feel like it's obviously should have happened a long time ago, but. I mean, it's great just have opportunity to have a little bit more money in your pocket when um after the stipend checks. But it's a great opportunity for guys to pretty much express yourself, use your platform to help other businesses promote them and um and everything. But it's it's been great. I mean, I know obviously they said once the season comes, with everything there'll be more opportunities. But I'm really I'm just really looking forward to it. Like, do you as you look back on your recruitment? How much do you think NIL stuff would have factored in to to your recruitment? You know, is that would you is that something that would have been on your list? Like, where am I going to get these opportunities? You know, are they presenting me with certain opportunities? Um, and do you think, kind of moving forward, that that's going to be an important part of recruiting for young guys coming up? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I want, I don't want to say it would it because I mean, obviously, your mentality would be different once you're high school and you know you can get these opportunities and everything, but I feel like for sure that's going to, that's going to impact recruiting a lot. I mean, it's kind of, I feel like it's going to be a little bit kind of like how it is overseas a little bit at a point where like when you're 16 or 17, you're kind of like pros at that point, but they don't want to be considered pros. Cause I mean, obviously NCAA the rule, but yeah, it's going to change a lot of things. I feel like the top schools are like going to be so ahead of everybody. And then, bottom schools who can't really offer that many the athletes that much money are gonna be lower so i feel like it would be kind of like how football is like the top 10 schools are way better than other people and then the bottom the bottom tier will be will be down there yeah how's the t-shirt been oh actually i i had pretty good sales the first the first month so yeah today i actually just got my my own shirt so a lot of people had their shirt before i even got one so yeah, I've got. I have my order in. It hasn't arrived yet, but I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to getting mine. The, uh, you know, the president of the Rob Finnessy fan club has to have one of these before the season. Before the season starts, so it's been. Uh, it's been. It's been kind of a thing on our show. You know, I did this with Devonte. Did it with Al. Like to me, you know, when when you've put in three years, you know, like you have, and you're coming into your senior season. Um, to me like that, you've earned all the support in the world, you know? And so I, I'm, I'm kind of the one who, uh, who champions the senior guards and, uh, you know, expects, expects the best out of you guys. So I, uh, you know, to me, that's, 
that's part of the fun of, of cheering for college sports as opposed to pro sports, you know, is kind of seeing you guys develop and seeing you grow over time, you know, mentally, physically, your games, all that stuff. Um, and, you know, it's what makes doing this rewarding. What do you, what do you think is going to be different about, about Rob Finnessy this year on the court? Like, what do you think are some things that, you know, as we watch you play this year, we may say, wow, he's this part of his game's better. This is, this is a little bit different. What do you anticipate those things being? Um, I would say pretty much everything. I feel like you're going to see like a totally different player out there. Um, uh, seeing me doing things offensively that I probably didn't do in the past, even like I said, picking up full court and actually, I feel like showing what I can actually do to uh, the guys with the ball on the ball. Like it would be a lot different just seeing my intensity on defense and um, I would say my leadership skills too. I mean, that's a big thing with Coach Woodson. Like he said, he wants player-led teams. So just being a leader out there and getting guys in position uh, is pretty much leading the offense, leading the team. What's Coach Woodson like? I mean, he seems like just the calmest, coolest dude in the room. <laughs> like, what's what is he like as a coach? You call him like the OG. The OG. <laughs> everybody just, he just demands respect, even though he doesn't. He doesn't come out that way with it. But uh, really, you could just tell everybody respects him. Whatever he does, you can tell he knows a lot. And um, really, you can tell he wants the best out of all his players, and he's not going to treat anybody differently, regardless who you are. So, um, we're really just excited to have him and. Um, I'm just really looking for that senior season to have a breakout season. You know, one other guy that I want to get your perspective on is Kenya, um, who has obviously developed an incredible reputation as as a recruiter for a lot of the players that he's brought in, um, but also just as a guy who is really good at developing relationships with players. What is what is Kenya like, and 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 what has he meant to the program? You know, kind of being as you mentioned earlier, kind of the holdover from you know from the previous staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like him. Obviously, he was like the only coach who came back, so he he kept the guys who were uh, like in the transfer portal here. He's the main guy who did that. But um, I mean, having so Coach Flint was like my my player coach left uh, before he left. But um, I mean, once he came over, it was Coach Hunter. But yeah, him. He's a great recruiter on and off the court. He's he's actually a super cool dude. Like one of the coolest coaches I've been around. So, uh, yeah, just he's, he's super intense too. But, I mean, off the court, you can have fun with him. You can talk to him about anything. But, uh, I mean, I see why he's getting all these recruits because he's just a super down-to-earth guy. Yeah. All right, I want to play another clip because uh, I have a, I have a few more clips here. So I want to play one from uh, from last season. Tell me if you recognize where this game is from. And his 20th point ties this game at 85. Backing out to Finnessy. Five on the shot clock. Finnessy going to have to go. Finnessy pivots, turns. Jumper is true for Rob Finnessy, and Indiana leads by a pair. Here's Sessoms. Four seconds, three seconds. Sessoms drives into the teeth of the defense. Fadeaway is not going to go from Brockington, and Indiana survives at home. Do you remember that game? Yeah, the Penn State game. The Penn State game. And really... Kind of a quintessential Rob Finnessy moment, you know, because offensively you go down and hit the big shot, the the go ahead shot, and then great defense on the other end to to force a miss. What do you remember about that? The end of that game. Uh, I remember I was struggling the games before that, but I remember hitting that shot, and I feel like that boosted my confidence a little bit. But yeah, I don't th- I don't think that play was for me either. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, a lot of a lot of those shots I hit at the end aren't the plays aren't for me. I just hit the shots at the end, but. Yeah, I think it was a turnaround jumper I hit. 
like right at the free throw line. You know, it's interesting kind of going back to our conversation from before, you know, cause you, in those moments, you, you seem so like kind of calm and confident. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. You know, that on some of those plays, you're just kind of scrambling and you have to make a play. There's yeah. almost no time to think about it. You know, you're just going and making a play. Yeah. Going out there playing basketball really. Yeah. Huh. You know, the other thing that's really noticeable when you listen to that, that was a home game. Uh, there is no chance that a go-ahead shot in the final seconds would be that quiet uh, with a packed assembly hall. Now, what was that like playing in empty gyms You know, during during the COVID season? That had to be strange, I would imagine. Yeah, it, was, it was super weird. I would say the first, probably the first five games, I wasn't used to it. But, I mean, after that, you got used to it, but. Yeah, I mean, we uh, we just talked about that last week. How different the season could have been with the fans in there. How like we could have pulled away some wins just from the fans. But it was pretty weird. I mean, I'm super excited just to have them back because we have really experienced it. Even being at the uh, like the football game last week, just seeing the intensity from the crowd, from the student section, everything. It's just really got us excited for the season. What talk me through what kind of impact that has? Like, is it? You know, when Assembly Hall is going nuts, is the impact more like positive for you guys and you guys have more energy and you're more focused? Or is it more something that impacts the other team? You know, and then maybe you can speak to this about when you're in a tough road environment too, to where it kind of rattles you a little bit. Like what what is the impact of a really good home crowd? Uh home crowd, I would say definitely once you're rolling, you hit shots and everything. I feel like you don't like you don't get tired. It's, it's just like if you get in the zone. But um, I feel like for, for the opposing team, it really does rattle them. Like being on the road, like you feel like you're poised and everything, and then like you have a good shot and like the ball just doesn't go in. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, I feel like that home crowd definitely is a, it's a big advantage. What is the what's the toughest venue that you've played in? Toughest, um, I would say Duke my freshman year, and then Cameron Indoor, and then uh, Mackey. Yeah. What is what's what's your favorite opposing gym to play in? Like one where you just kind of go there and like just the shooting background is good and you just feel comfortable. Uh, I like playing at Illinois and um Illinois and actually Michigan State. I like playing those. I like playing there. Really? What is it about Michigan State? Because that's obviously a pretty raucous atmosphere. Yeah, I like playing Iowa too, but um Michigan State is just I don't know, the the rims, I feel like the rims are a little bit softer there. Where like shots go in a little bit better, but it's just a great environment. My freshman year playing there, and then obviously playing there last year without the crowd, it was it's pretty nice playing there too. But I don't know, it's just something about it. I like playing mm. there. So you mentioned Iowa. Let me play this last clip because this is from the Iowa game last year. Good job on the glass by Franklin denying Wieskamp. And a rebound to the freshman Anthony Leal, who's had some nice moments, in particular against Wisconsin a couple of weeks ago. There's a good shot from Rob Finnessy, and Indiana's on top for the first time. Ooh, lazy pass. And Finnessy puts it in off the giveaway by Wieskamp. See, it was fun going back and watching those clips. That game, obviously, you tied your career high in points with 18. Uh, and, you know, a huge, a huge win for you guys, which really, you know, kind of made it feel like the season was getting back on track. But, you know, the first clip there was you went coast to coast for a layup. Then you had this, you know, kind of, it, it was in transition. It was like this pull up, step back three uh, in transition. 
you just looked so fluid and confident. Like, is that the kind of thing that you think we'll see more where it's just the shots here, I'm going to take it, the drives here, I'm going to take it. And it's just more instinctive basketball. Yeah, for sure. That's what, uh, coach Woodson, his big thing is he wants to, that's what he tells us play defense. And then we got fun offense. So, uh, so I feel like just the way we're playing this year, a lot fast pace, we'll be able to get a lot of shots up. And, um, I feel like it's just going to be super fun out there. Yeah. What, uh, so why did you like playing at Iowa? Was that just part that Iowa doesn't really play much defense and those games are always just kind of like up and down and crazy? Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> it's always like that Iowa, but, uh, yeah, it's, yes, yeah, this is just the way they do play defense. It's, I don't know. It's, it's different. I feel like it's, they, I wouldn't say they allow you to shoot, but shots are a lot more open there and they sometimes play zone too. And I feel like it's easy to get in the paint there and pretty much create for everybody. So. Yeah. Yeah. I always like playing Iowa. Yeah. You know, as, as you look back on last season, you know, again, I mean, you guys played so good that night. I mean, defensively, I mean, you really played good defense on Garza and you kind of controlled that game from the beginning. And, you know, again, it, it, it felt like things were, were going to get going. And then you come back and you drop that game against Rutgers, you know, which was, which was so disappointing. And then you end up beating Iowa again at home. And then the bottom just kind of fell out of things. Like, what? What do you think happened toward the end of the season that just didn't allow you guys to kind of to kind of pull back from the brink? Um, I would say it was kind of similar to um, like my freshman year when it was like you have to have like all we need is one game. I feel like after that Michigan State home game, like where we were on the brink, where we were yeah. last last four in or whatever, first four out, whatever. I feel like after that it kind of went downhill from there. Um, I feel like you can sometimes get caught up in the uh, the hype of like whether you're going to be in the tournament or not, and you're you're too focused on looking ahead instead of focused on one game at a time. So uh, I feel like that's that's what happened a little bit towards the end of the season. Like, is that something where you can feel it as it's happening? You know, you mentioned that that Michigan State loss, you know, and, mm-hmm. and obviously that was that was disappointing for everybody. Like, can you feel that in the locker room, and then at, you know at practice after that, where it's like, oh man, like it just. We don't have the same confidence. There's like an enthusiasm that's not here. Or is that something that you look back on in hindsight and, um, and, I would, and pick it up? I would say a little bit of both. Um, yeah. I feel like you feel that pressure, like obviously because there's so much social media and especially during that time of the year, you're seeing all the NCAA predictions and everything. So you see you're right on like the brink of making the tournament or not. And like you're too focused. Like our focus, I feel like should have been more on just winning the next game is like focus on if we're going to make the tournament or not. Yeah. Do you, you know, how do you approach things now coming into your senior season, having not yet played an NCAA tournament game? Cause I can't imagine that you thought that was going to be the case when you, when you came to Indiana and it's very possible that if COVID had to happen, that you would have played an NCAA tournament game, you know, your sophomore year. How do you look at that now? Like, is that just this gaping hole in your experience that, you know, you're going to feel a massive regret for if you don't, and you kind of, feel some of that pressure um or do you do you try not to think about it too much uh i feel like just from knowing what i know i feel like what i have to do this senior year is just focus at one game at a time i mean if you focus on that focus on the moment you're in that i mean whatever you want at the end you'll you'll accomplish your goals so i feel like if you win each day do whatever you have to do each game you do like the goals you have at the end season will take care of themselves yeah. And, you know, look, I mean, obviously, you know, one of the biggest things that's kept you guys from winning more games and playing in the NCAA tournament is just shooting the ball better. You know, basketball can sometimes be a very simple game where it's, 
if you make shots, you're going to win. If you don't, you're not. And you've been on teams that have really struggled to make shots. Do you think that that is more that there just haven't been good shooters, that you struggled with confidence, that there was something about the system that just didn't kind of build confidence? And, and, and what do you think can lead to that shooting being better this year? Because ultimately, that's probably the single most important thing that'll determine, you know, whether you guys have a better season or not is just being able to make shots. Yeah, no, I think we'll definitely make shots this year. Um, really, I feel like it's a, it's a collective group thing. I feel like even in the past, like you see one guy miss a shot and then like you're focused on, all right, I have to make this shot because we've missed the last, we've missed our last seven or eight threes. You see that, but uh, yeah. then again, you see the same thing about free throws where it's like a guy misses two and then you're up to a line and then, you, uh, I mean, you think too much about it. That's the thing. But this year, I feel like, like I said, it's free-flowing. Um, like, as long as you're playing defense, he honestly doesn't really get mad about the shots you take as long as it's a good open shot and it's uh, within the offense. So I feel like the confidence at an all-time high with everybody and everybody just feels like they can play their game and just go out there and, and be free. Yeah. Well, man, you've been really generous with your time, and I appreciate it. Let me just get a couple more questions before before I let you go, you know, as you look back on the time that you've spent in Bloomington so far, I mean, we went through, I think, you know, some of the more memorable basketball memories. But is there any are there any memories that that we didn't kind of relive today that were really important to you or like a big moment or or something that you did on the court that you look back on and you're like, you know, that was that was a signature Rob Finnessy, you know, moment on the court. Hmm, on the court, um, I would say I felt like versus Louisville, I hit another big shot. Mm, like, that's right. Like a, like a minute left. I would say that was one. Um, There's too many big shots to fit. That's the thing. That's why That's how you get the nickname Big Shot Rob. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not, not, not off the top of my head. I can't really think of anything. But. What, are, what are some of the best memories off the court? You know, I mean, you mentioned some of the places that, you know, that you like to go, but what are... You know, it's so easy, I think, with, you know, with players like you. I mean, we see you play, and our entire context for you is as a basketball player, you know, but you obviously spend a lot of time not as a basketball player. Like, what are, what are some of the memories that you've had or things that you've done just as a student, you know, that, that have been the most special to you? Um, I would say, honestly, my freshman year, just, just experiencing the, the dorm life and just meeting new people. So, I mean, coming from Lafayette, you're not really – you don't know really what to expect at IU, but I mean, I had a great time my freshman year. Being in the dorms with, uh, I mean, the, the five I came in with, I'm the only one left, uh, Jerome, Demisi, Jake, and Romeo. So that's right. I mean, we had, we had a really great time uh, my freshman year. I met a lot of new people, uh, had a lot of new experiences and everything. So that was a great time. And obviously just being able to hang out with my teammates, growing relationships that will, I mean, last forever. Um, I mean, I know you always hear that, but they're really like your, your true brothers. You go through a lot of things together. So just enjoying the time with my teammates and uh, just experience IU life and just meeting new people every day. You still stay in touch with all those guys, you know, Jerome, Demisi, uh, all those, even though they've, you know, left and kind of gone on to, to different things, whether it's Romeo going pro or transferring to different places. You guys also yeah, stay in touch? We, yeah, we we do. I mean, we that was a big thing with us coming in. We were super close and uh I know we always used to try to like fight the older guys in the locker room, R five versus whoever, <laughs> whoever really wanted it. So um, yeah, we were all five of us were super close. Now, did you guys? Where did you guys live freshman year? Did you live in dorms or were you in Evolve? As freshman? No, we're actually 
Yeah, we were like the last freshman class that had to live in the dorms. So uh, it, was, really? it was a fun experience. I feel like, honestly, I feel like freshmen should, should live in the dorms just to experience and meet new people. Like they're not always with the same, the same people every day. So, yeah, I imagine it's got to be pretty easy to just be kind of insular with just the basketball team or just, or, you know, maybe just athletes and living in the dorms would help you, like you said, you know, kind of get out and branch out a little bit. Yeah, it was super fun time. Met a lot of people. What dorm did you guys live in? Uh, we lived in Briscoe. In Briscoe? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what, I mean, so what do you think now of, of Evolve? I mean, how, you know, I mean, I think, like you said, you don't quite get the same experience meeting people, um, but you also get a few more amenities than what you guys yeah. had at, at Briscoe. What's, <laughs> what's that like for guys as they come in? Uh, I mean, it's super nice. Um, luxury, like a luxury apartment. So you have like a, there's a basketball court down there, super nice weight room. There's like a little turf. And then there's like a, there's a grill over there. Parker actually, Parker actually cooks over there a lot. He's oh, really? Too, yeah, he's, he's a master on the grill. Nice. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's a super cool experience just to pull on everything. So, I mean, being a freshman, obviously, you want to you wanna experience new things and see a lot of new people. So it's a pretty fun, fun experience out there. It's interesting. When you were a freshman, if they had given you the opportunity to live at Evolve over Briscoe, you probably would have taken it. But sure, it sounds yeah. like, in hindsight, you're glad you did it the other way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I tell, tell them all the time. Like, if you want to... Cause you're up, you're with a lot of upperclassmen that involved and everything. So I feel like a lot of people aren't your age, but that is, yeah, that freshman experience is pretty fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. Hmm. It's interesting. The wisdom that you get, you know, when you've been there for a few years that, you know, the freshmen come in, like, what, how do you, what do you think about that now? You know, cause you were, you know, you were a freshman not too long ago, but now you've got all this experience, you've got all this wisdom. And now, you know, you see these new freshmen coming in and they're probably a lot like you were when you came in. Yeah. What, what kind of advice do you, do you try to give those guys? Honestly, I try to, I try to tell them things that like the things I wish I wouldn't knew when I was a freshman and um, just different things where like, like sometimes you can tell if someone's, I would say they're lying about something because it's something you do as a freshman and like, you, you know, the truth, you know, the mm-hmm. truth about what you're talking about, but. Yeah, like the older you get, the older you, uh, the more wise you get. You don't really understand it until until time passes. Is there anything else that you wish that you'd known when when you were a freshman? Wish that I'd known. Um, uh, I would just say my big thing is the grind. The grind college basketball is, and like you just have to keep a level head regardless of, of what's going on with everything. And uh, yeah, just the grind just know it's going to be a grind all year round whatever you're doing so uh we just focus focus on what is important and um don't take your mind off of it what do you think is the thing that fans don't understand the most uh, about what that grind is like and what being a college basketball player at a school like indiana is like um i would say there's a little bit of stress about it but it's really i would say the mentality you have to have you you have to have to play here um whether it's like I said, the good or the bad, you have to, you have to play hard. Whether whatever you're doing, um, I mean, you're gonna get judged whatever you do on and off the court. But yeah, I would just say, still, just to grind about it. Where we have to, we're working probably what ten or eleven months out of the year. Yeah, with what we're doing just to just to play, just to train for what I mean, play for five months. So, so what is uh. 
what are you planning for after after basketball? I mean, I know that you obviously hope to have a professional basketball career, and that's goal number one. But what are your interests off the court, and and what are some of the things that you're thinking about doing once once you're not playing basketball anymore? Uh, I still want to stay with basketball. Obviously, like you said, I want to play play as long as I can. But after, I'd like to uh, get like a coaching job within the NBA, whether it's like a scout or just like in the front office. I want to end up working my way up, and then eventually, I want to try to be like a general manager. By the time it's all said and done, really. So you want to go more of a front office route than a coaching route? Um, I mean, that's, that's the goal right now, but I don't think I want to be a college coach. It's, there's a lot that goes into it, but <laughs> I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather stay in the NBA and see what happens there. Uh, I can see with your experience at IU, I can see why being a college basketball coach probably doesn't seem too, too attractive. It's a, it's a hard life, man. It is. The money's good, but it's, it's definitely a, it's definitely a hard life. Are you, you know, obviously like, you know, someone like Jared Jeffries has been able to do that. You know, he was a, you know got into scouting, you know, worked in, in different front offices. Is that a resource that you're able to kind of tap into and, and talk to and learn about some of those things from? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, he came to practice a couple times last year, but I mean, just having that IU connection, whether it's Frank with the Clippers, I mean, there's a lot of guys, former managers and uh, players who are in, within the NBA, even Coach Woodson, I mean, he'd have connections too, so um I feel like just having that IU connection is really a big thing because the alumni, there's there's so many of them. So I feel like that could help me in my, in my future. Yeah. Well, hey, man, last question for you. What do you think it's going to be like, you know, October 2nd? Obviously, you know, Hoosier Hysteria is coming. It'll be your first time to kind of come out and fans will be there. They'll be masked, but there will be fans there. What's that going to be like, being able to go back out at Assembly Hall, how it should be, packed with fans and excited to, to watch you guys do play some basketball no we're super excited about it um i mean i just figured i'm gonna be in the skills competition but uh super excited about it really just to see who's your nation out there and we want our new guys to experience it and even our freshmen because they they didn't get to experience it last year so everyone's excited and i'm ready to get out there and i show the fans something so you'll be in the skills competition i will nice okay who do you know who you're competing against um i think Xavier, Race, and Logan. Okay. All right. It would have been fun to, to see you in the dunk contest. What, what were you going to say? I said it would be fun to see what Logan does in that. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I can. I'm actually a lot more athletic than a lot of people think, too, though. So hopefully. Man, I'll there's there's no doubt about it. And I actually, that is a. There's a. There, I, I kind of regret now not getting some of those clips. I distinctly remember a play against Northwestern. Oh, where yeah. you drove down the lane, and I swear it looked like you just turned on like rocket boosters. I was like, I didn't know he could do that. I think you missed the dunk, but <laughs> still, like just seeing seeing those ups, maybe yeah. uh, maybe that's something we can see here. Your fourth year, let's let's yeah, you can see that this year a little bit. All right, let's see you show off the athleticism a little bit. That's good. That's good. Well, hey, I want to get you out of here with this. So I uh, I assume that you've never listened all the way through to uh, to one of our episodes, and that's probably good. I would not advise that you do it. Um, but uh, at the end of every episode, we have a uh, you know our, our little line that we end with: uh, "Keep your elbows in, your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers." Would you be willing to uh, to do that for me so that we can so that we can play it at the end of games? You said, "Keep your elbows in, eye on the rim, go Hoosiers." Yeah. Yeah, so what guys usually say is, you know, like, hey, take it from me, Rob Finnessy. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim and go Hoosiers. All right, I got you. I got you.
So whenever? Yeah, just whenever. All right. Uh, take it from me, Rob Finnessy. Keep your eyes on the rim and your elbows in. Go Hoosiers. <laughs> All right. We usually do it in the reverse. But that's okay. We, 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 we can keep it that way for this one. <laughs> that's all right. It's all good. It's all good. Well, hey, man, I really appreciate the time. It was really fun getting to getting to chat and get to know you a little bit better. Um, I'm I'm glad that we have these opportunities. You know, I've been I've thought for a long time that you know it'll help the fan relationships with players if we actually get a chance to get to know you guys more and get sure. to talk to you more. You know, and so I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to do this, and I hope everybody who's listening. Uh, you know, enjoyed it and feels like they, they kind of know you a little bit better and have the stage set for a big senior year for you. Of course. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Good luck this season. We'll, uh, we'll be cheering for you. Appreciate that. Thank you. I like everything about that. Every day, thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at GetArculus.com. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.